0: I'll just start with three. three, I'll just start with three and you join in, okay? And then we just clap. So three, two, one and clap, not three, two, clap, okay? Yes. Right? Yep. Yep. Three,
1: two, one. Clap. Why'd you wait so long?
0: All right, let's try it again. Did really.
1: I? I thought I, got, I thought I caught it. Are we on the Just do it with
0: me. Just do it with me. Like, say it with me. Ready?
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Ready?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so three. Three, two. Two, one. Clap.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tokyo Jazz Joints Podcast, episode number 51. I've got a very special one today. That's right, it's not the beautiful Belfastian Brogue of Philip Arneal doing the intro today. It's me, James, uh, because we're gonna be doing a little something special today. We're gonna be diving deep into Philip's amazing, long-delayed, I can't believe it happened, trip to Germany to see the final printing of our Tokyo Jazz Joints photo book. Philip, good morning there. I know it's an early start in Belfast. How are you doing, my friend? Um, Yeah, sure. Great. That just about answers it, doesn't it? Did yeah, it's 7 a.m. a.m. there was so. some talk of a coffee uh, being made. I Yeah. It perhaps has not had its effect. No, I've yet. got it. I've got it.
0: Actually, yeah. I mean, we've recorded the podcast a lot of different times, but... I don't know if seven AM at my end is has happened before, but it it does feel quite early to be chatting. At least it's the Irish summer so it's nice and bright and it feels like it's about three o'clock in the in the afternoon but uh
1: it it is uh it is 3 p.m in the afternoon here in wet rainy and i believe 92 percent humidity today yokohama lovely remember the rainy season in japan oh yeah so you can imagine that um i was very close to cracking a cold beer uh for this podcast but i do have a little bit of my money job to get to uh once we finish recording but um let's hope your boss isn't listening. (laughs) God forbid Um, Philip let's get to the good stuff you spent uh, several days in the lovely city of Heidelberg which is where the printers were for our very good friends at Carer Verlag who are publishing our book and I want to dive in and get the whole story. We did talk a little bit here and there offline. I saw some videos, I saw some pictures, but I do want to get the whole story. But first up, I hope your journey was a lot smoother than coming to Japan. I imagine traveling within Europe, you don't face those delays. Uh, No trouble flying from Belfast to Germany, yes? Yeah, it was fine. Um,
0: Yeah, we thought, as you said, we thought we'd do something. I mean, the thing about we've mentioned the book a lot, right? But obviously with the podcast, not necessarily going out on the exact same week it's recorded, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, uh, you know, some things can get dated quite quickly. So it, it's kind of a, not necessarily what we'd planned, but we thought it'd be a good idea just to kind of insert an extra book episode in between my yawns. So, um, yeah, I flew to Germany from Belfast happily, from uh, actually to Frankfurt, so you flew... Oh dear. So you fly to Frankfurt um, from uh, Belfast. And then, as you said, yeah, Carverlag is actually based in Heidelberg, which is this beautiful uh, city. It's about an hour south of Frankfurt. I'd never been to Frankfurt either. I think Frankfurt would be right up your street, James, because there was times, parts of it felt a little bit like New York to me. There's this beautiful big river down the middle. There's obviously a uh, kind of a business district, which looks, you know, quite like an American city, a lot of skyscrapers. And then it has this other mixture of older uh, buildings as well, like a lot of different types of...
1: That's true. There's nothing I like better than the International Banking Headquarters, Philip. It
0: was more the the (laughs) skyscrapers. But yeah, fair point, fair point. I mean, you're always banging on about HSBC, aren't you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> when you told me that uh, when you told me that their headquarters were in Heidelberg, I, I couldn't believe it, and it sort of reinforced. And uh, this will be new to you because I I saved this one for my one nugget for this episode. Um, Heidelberg is actually the first place and the only place I spent any significant time when I visited Germany no. thirty years ago when I was in college, and I do remember it being because it's it's a very old town. You've got the castle. Um, everybody spoke to me in English because I think there was a big American army base nearby in those days. Um, but I do remember some wonderful summer nights in beer gardens, drinking that fantastic uh, Dunkelweiss sweet beer in Germany. And so, so when you when you told me that Carverlag, like, not only how you know they were great to partner with, but that that's where they were located, it just sort of brought everything together to me that like oh you know this 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 timing and this publisher were sort of fated to be for us. You know everything came together perfectly. And I imagine um, Heidelberg in June would be absolutely lovely, especially compared to the uh, rather sweltering humidity that I'm mentioned here in Yokohama but um now you were only there though for uh two or three days is that correct yeah
0: um yeah so basically I I stayed the night in Frankfurt just purely for sort of boring flight type things so flew to Frankfurt took the train down the next day and I was actually in Heidelberg for the two nights um and then came back up to Frankfurt for the final night and headed back on the on the Sunday morning so it was a pretty I mean definitely wasn't a holiday it was um it's obviously a trip all related to the book. But um, yeah, Heidelberg, I got to see a little bit of a beautiful place. And as you say, it was actually used to be a huge American base there. Most, I uh, think, of the base, if not all of it, has now gone. Um, mm. And uh, one of the guys, at the printers actually was telling me that um, they've turned a lot of the old bases into housing and things like that as well now. But he said it, it always had this reputation in Germany for being like very American. And, you know, but perhaps like if you'd ever been to Okinawa in Japan, anyone who's been there, you know, you might see similarities there in terms of just like there was a lot of shops and, and different facilities for like American service people. Um and so it that's definitely certainly, had this that's kind of- certainly
1: how I remember it because you know i you know I, I recall very vividly struggling uh trying to ask a classic, you know, German uh language 101 wo ist das post and having the guy respond to me on the street. i'll oh, just go down the street and turn left in absolutely fluent American English. And uh I, I don't think my German ever progressed much past that because as I said we spent most of the time in the beer gardens. But um now, but anyway you so you met up and well we should step back a little bit. A lot of your correspondence with Carer, um, obviously over the last several months, dating back to last year, was, you know, from Ireland. So this was really one of the first times you got to spend time with people there. Who who was your first contact when, when you showed up and, and who sort of guided you through the printing process?
0: Well, I think we meant, I mean, we're sort of jumping ahead a bit, but I think we mentioned, you know, um, Carer before. I mean, how this all came about really wasn't, In March 2022, I just decided one day to send out a lot of book proposals and actually I sort of cherry picked a list of, I think about 20 it was initially, of publishers and sent around like a very simple PDF, an explainer of the project, some images and so on. And um, I think it was in Amsterdam in August last year and uh, just wondering about this Message popped up on my phone from Klaus Kerr, who is the the head and and um, person who gave his name to to Kerr Verlag, and um, yeah, he said I'll be interested in a chat and and as rightly as you say, rightly so. Like you know, um, from those chats, all via Zoom, um, over the period of a couple of weeks, we we kind of agreed on the project, and then we got closer to and I think in, in November, I think I signed a contract eventually, um, and it's really been quite quick, and I think. M- Probably a, a lot of books, and certainly I've been to to listen to other publishers, you know, saying that like even they wouldn't even touch a book project, you know, more than like eighteen months out, um, in terms of getting it ready and stuff. So it feels in some ways like it's been quite slow, but in other ways it feels like it's been a really quick turnaround because things were only really put set in stone in like October, November, and obviously the book is coming out um at the end of this month or or early July. It's I mean it's been as, as we're, we'll talk about in a bit it's already been printed it's being bound and then the next stage obviously is to be packed up and, and shipped to me in Belfast so <clears throat> I think like you know um, from from the point of view of, of being here it, it's worked quite well remotely but it has been a lot of meetings and obviously a lot a lot of emails back and forth and the way it simply works is you know I, I chatted with Klaus and uh, got the contract sorted and then you're kind of handed over to a project manager um who whose name was sylvia uh at care of and she's been absolutely fantastic and basically she handles the whole kind of project and then the other main player is is the designer obviously so that's been the process and when i went to heidelberg last week i've lost track already i think it was a week before you know um that was the first time that i'd met any of the people so it was an absolute like it was fantastic to be, <laughs> to be able to finally meet these people you know so on the first day in heidelberg uh I took the, the bus out to Kerr, it's just slightly outside the city, and got to meet them, got to see the officers, got to see a vast library of photo books that that are in their catalogue and meet the team. And it was just so nice after all this time, you know, after all these emails back and forth, and these really like finickety, like, you know, little tiny changes that need to be made with full stops and, uh, and colons and like, you know, italics for Kisa and all these kind of things (laughs) to to just be able to chat to these people, you know, and, um, and, and kind of finally meet them. And they were so welcoming and, and so friendly and it's just been such a, absolute pleasure from start to finish working with Caravelig. I mean they've just been incredible and I think also importantly for me like the, it's been a very collaborative process, you know and one of the things that stuck in my head when I first met Klaus on Zoom was you know, he said, this is going to be a really collaborative project. You know, it's not a case of we take it and we just make a book. You know, you're mm. going to have involvement in every decision. And, you know, he's been true to his word. I mean, every single thing that's been decided from, you know, the font to the the justification of text, to the placement of images, to the type of captions, to to the book cover, to the embossing, all these things, you know, I've been involved in and been allowed to have that creative input. And of course, of course like, you know, we've poured hours and years and months and lots and lots of, of cash and, and energy and like, you know, alcohol and sweat into these in, into this project, you know, so to be able to kind of control it to that final sort of nth degree, I think it's been like really, really important.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, uh, just to pull back the curtain in a little bit, you know, you and I had talked for a long time um, about how we viewed the project and how, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily have a set goal in mind, but one thing that we did have was that as you mentioned, we put in a lot of our own time, our effort, our research, our money. And we didn't want somebody coming in who would then sort of I don't want to use the word hijack, but you you know, you can imagine where they'll come in and just assert a lot of creative control. And be like, well, we're the, we're the professional publishers, so leave it with us now. And I think that it was, you know, so perfect that what you just described with Kara, especially because totally by chance, um, and he may be listening today if you are. Greg, thank you so much for the great advice. Um, good friend of the project, Greg Gerard, who himself is a very established photographer. Um, I just happened to mention in passing um, you know about the 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 deal that was going on with Kerr and and him in his long career. He immediately had a big smile on his face and he said, "I'm so glad to hear you say that you've." Uh, connected with those guys because all of my experiences have been very good. They don't really interfere. They just give you guidance where, you know, we're, and sometimes it's very welcome, uh, but they won't take creative control. And all of the other practical aspects of it are done very smoothly and very professionally. So hearing that sort of feedback very unexpectedly made me feel even, you know, again, real happy. And, you know, it, it it's interesting, Philip, because you mentioned about the time about it, about it sort of, um, uh, moving so quickly from start to finish. And it's weird because you handling all the correspondence and me getting the updates from you, you know, every couple of days, okay, this is where we're at, this is where we're at. It actually felt incredibly slow for me. And as you, mm-hmm. as you can probably attest, if you've kept all my WhatsApp messages where I'm like, what the hell's going on? Tell me, tell me, tell me. I want to hear more news, more news. Because, you know, being here in Japan, the time change and just sort of like not involved in the day-to-day part, uh, I was just getting so uh, so more and more anxious. And so now, you know, now that we're almost near the finish line, it's like I'm counting the days literally. But, um, but yeah, let's, it's get, been, back, it's let's get back. To
0: been, it's actually been weird for me, I think, as well, because... Like in that short period of time, it has also, there has also, it does feel like there's been um, times where it's been really slow because, you know, I'm a total procrastinator. So once the contract was signed and, and, you know, a few things started to to kind of move, I really dithered about like, okay, the thought of having to go back into all these photos. And it feels to me like I took a long time. I, I didn't have this set of photos ready. And, you know, it started like 500 and you cut it down anyone who's done this like you know you cut it down to like say 300 and then you're like there's no way I can lose anymore but obviously the target number was around 120 so you have to keep going with that but then even then then you've got to get like you know the you've got to take those photos and then you've got to I I made the choice to go right back to the the original files and like re-edit all of them and and you know, there was, it, it felt a bit like homework because I was like any day now I'm going to get an email being like, uh, any, any sign of those images. And so <laughs> it, there were definitely these periods where there was kind of lulls, you know? Um, but obviously, you know, Sylvia and the team at care have this project plan. So, you know, they're, they're going to always keep you informed about like key dates. And, you know, one of the first things I got at the beginning was this kind of rough Um, timetable of of like key dates so I knew sort of when and then obviously you know we had Christmas in the middle of it so there's definitely those those lulls but like I suppose overall as a project it has been really quick just to go back to the other thing you were saying there about the team at Carver like I think a really good example of that was uh, once the book was finalized then there was this discussion over the cover and you know when when it comes out like I hope you know people will will love it but I think it looks so nice because it's going to have this kind of textured cover with like embossed writing and then over the top of it will go this kind of slip case which i suppose in some ways mimics an obi it's not an obi as we know it certainly for all the vinyl heads it's not an obi in in that hmm. way but um but it also kind of mimics a record cover and it will go uh, over the book you know and then when you take that off it's going to reveal also the the, the embossed um title and and the cover of the book underneath and that was a considerable amount of extra money to do and you know thank you again to all the kickstarter people because we had that facility to be able to kind of do a few add-ons and just kind of soup up the book a little bit more to make it even more beautiful but you know I really wrestled with that because you know that buffer's gone you lose that kind of buffer that you have financially you know, if anything goes wrong or there's sudden additional charges and all this kind of stuff. But actually, you know, Carer did ne- never, at no point, pushed me and, and very said very explicitly, like, you know, we don't want you to be getting into financial difficulties. We don't want you to have any debt and all this kind of stuff. And, You know, I made that decision, you know, I chatted with you as well. I chatted with a couple of people here and I made that decision to say, right, let's go for it. Let's like make this the best first edition it possibly can be. And it was only after when I sent that email and sort of agreed, you know, I got this message to sort of say, oh, I'm so glad that you've chosen that. So clearly, like Mm. we all wanted that,
1: (laughs) but at no point did I feel any kind of like pressure or obligation, you know, you said. We talked about it, and, and I think that uh, uh, from our point of view, and obviously we know the project's continuing, but you know we don't know if there'll be a volume two or volume three at some point. So we want to make this the best possible version Absolutely. that it can be. And 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 definitely yes, absolutely. Another shout out to all of our, our Kickstarter supporters, and we'll be speaking more about them in another episode. Um, but uh, you know, it's been it's been very sort of like this this whole experience has just been um, honestly a little bit overwhelming. With with seeing, I remember uh, you know when you sent me um, a quick picture of the cover, and you just put something like, "Oh, it's here." you know, in your message, all I saw was a message was it's here. And I I was like, "Ah, what what is he mailing me about? You know, I like checked it later. And I think I was on the train and I almost like let out a big yell because it was like, wait, this is really happening now. The cover's there. Like that's sort of, that's sort of, again, that landmark moment where it stops being conceptual. And, and, you know, you know, you doing all the grunt work of like having to choose all the, go through, like you said, 500 photos, thinking about sequencing, talking with them about all these things about printing and, 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 and whatnot. But for me, it was much, more of a, a, you know, looking at it of as just, okay, here's the date where we see the cover. Here's the date where it goes up online for sale or Kara takes it to the book fairs, you know, and it just got to, uh, it got me so, so super excited. So I want to ask you though, Philip, because when you, when you went to meet with them um, at the at the headquarters in Heidelberg. But the printers where you sent me some video of, that was not the same location. It's not, it's not part of their, that's a completely external um, company, correct?
0: Yeah, correct, yeah. So basically, <clears throat> I went to, to, to meet them that day and then actually, um, happily, I was able to go out for dinner with, with Klaus, um, Sylvia, and also uh, another great guy called um, Henning. Uh, and Henning's an interesting one because actually he appeared onto one of the Zooms quite early in the project. Um, and I think, you know, w- one of the things that maybe was a point of difference for this particular project for Care was, and I'm not speaking on their behalf, but this is just my own sort of take on it, is that, you know, it does have, as we know, it, it, it kind of, there's a lot of intersectionality in terms of the audience, you know. So obviously a photo book audience is maybe one specific type of audience you know that are into photography maybe collect photo books but obviously with Tokyo Jazz Joints you've got you know people who love jazz obviously you've got people maybe who are into vinyl but not necessarily jazz or audio people who love Japan maybe just people who are into traveling uh, you know so there's these kind of different audiences and interestingly when I was having that Zoom Henning who, who's worked for a long time in record shops he had Kind of got wind of the project just because he does some work works i think a couple of days a week at care and um he was straight away like oh you know you've got to get this book into record shops as well so i think he kind of saw as a, as a music person he saw the potential you know to cross over into into other kind of spaces rather than just your traditional photo book mm-hmm. audience or bookshop. Uh, so you know so that was great so i got to go out with the three of them for dinner um a nice place just in heidelberg um, and and chat to them a bit more and get to know them a little bit more. Uh, and then the next day actually was the printing day, and, and like you say, it was not in Heidelberg. It was uh, in a place called Obersurm. Um Apologies to German listeners for that pronunciation, but it's about probably 50, 55 minutes drive um, from Heidelberg. So funny enough, I mean, naively... <laughs> When I had gone over him, and, and this was a fixed day, you know, the second of June had been the day that was fixed, and um, naively I kind of thought, oh, you know, you go and go down to the printers for a couple of hours. The guy says, you know, here's the book. You go, yep, looks lovely. You crack on there, chaps. I'll I'll go and get myself a beer and some sauerkraut, but that's not at all how it worked so it became <laughs> apparent to me over like the the day that i was there and looking back at a couple of emails i was like oh this is like a whole day deal right this is a whole thing so i got a message
1: one thing that i was one thing that i was just struck by and and uh you can see this uh up on the Tooka jazz joint instagram stories i think you've archived it philip is you know again not having any publishing experience the actual gigantic gigantic size of those printers, when I saw the video, was not what I was expecting at all. Oh, it's unreal. Um, it, it, I mean, it was, it, you know, massive and loud, extremely loud. For some reason, I had assumed that, it, I don't know why, but I just thought, oh, you know, printing a, a photo book with, you know, you've got to be so careful with the depth and the color and whatever, that it's going to be, a, you know, maybe a little slower and quieter process. But no, this, this looked like you were in a factory.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was incredible. So basically, I the arrangement was um, there's a guy called Renee who's also a key person in the project because he was the image retoucher. So from a technical point of view, I edit the photos. This is how I want them to look. Uh, and then, you know, he gets them and just does a little bit of retouching. So he kind of tries to standardize the look across them a little bit more maybe sharpens here and there um, and obviously he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows you know and and we're so used now to looking at photos on screens, so you know printing them is obviously a very different thing and then there's so many little changes that can happen you know in terms of like the type of paper and whether the ink sinks in more or less and the photo book the Tokyo Jazz Joint's photo book is going to have this kind of partial varnish on them so it gives it this kind of not not a sheen but it gives it this really nice covering but also the paper is quite you know tactile it's not very it's not a very smooth very slick kind of paper so it's got a really nice feel to it and so he picked me up at six thirty outside my hotel I was absolutely starving and all I could think was there was no little kiosk or convenience store nearby so I was like I really hope we're stopping at like a bakery or somewhere on the way because I was so hungry. And I, at this point, I realized like this is going to be like all day, right? I didn't want to be mm-hmm. that kid who's turned up to like a school trip without their lunch. And I was thinking, you know, I'm in Germany. here, so This guy's going to have like a packed lunch. He's going to have like everything organized. And I'm just going to be like, you know, scavenging and, around and for something to in, eat. And
1: uh, you're not in Tokyo anymore. There's no- Exactly, right? Yeah, you suddenly no, no realize. No convenience on every corner. So yeah, exactly. You, you've, got to, you've got to prepare ahead, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he drove us down to to the printer and, you know, and we'd been given a time. It was like, it's eight o'clock, right? You know, the printing starts at eight. So we got there about 7.45 and he said the magic words. He was like, we have made good time so we can go to a bakery. And I was like, yes.
1: So <laughs> <laughs>
0: went to a bakery, got a coffee, loaded up on some like ridiculous kind of dark cherry German pastries uh, to keep me going mm. for the morning. Um, and when we got there eight, you know, put our bags down <clears throat> in this nice room upstairs. Beautiful, big glass fronted room. Really nice. And but then, you know, he's like, OK, let's go. And like you say, went downstairs to the factory floor and you just hit straight away by two things. One is the smell of the ink and the second one is just this noise. And it's not like a it's not like a really unpleasant factory noise, but it's just this like continual kind of like churning kind of hum, you know, of all these machines. And Funny enough, the machines and I'm not a printing person, but actually had someone contact me uh, on the on the Instagram saying that um, they used to be a lithographic printer and they were like, oh, my God, you did it on Heidelberg machines. You know, the, the, the thing is complete because not to be confused with the city, the machines are also and that's where the factory is based called Heidelberg printing machines. And apparently they're sort of, you know the kind of Rolls Royce of printing machines, apparently. So they are enormous things. I mean, I don't know. They must be like, they must be sort of 12 to 14 meters long. I mean, they're huge because, you know, they have about, I think they have like four little platforms along the machine. So you can see these on Instagram, but like basically... You can walk from the one end of the machine to the other end, and you can step up on four occasions onto this platform, because obviously you've got to be able to fiddle around with it. You've got to be able to replenish the ink when it when it goes down and stuff like that. So it was really like a Willy Wonka moment for me, you know, like just going in. It was like <laughs> all these treasures and like it was all yeah. just so completely new, you know. It was a fantastic thing to see. And like true to their word, eight o'clock, like we went to this table The guy introduced himself, very, very friendly guy, the printer, shook my hand, he shook Renee's hand, and he was like, okay, here's the first sheet. And, yeah, lo and behold, this first sheet, which I suppose is about maybe like a metre and a half by a metre, comes out of the machine, it's already coming out, and, you know, it says on it, Tokyo Jazz Joints, and you can see all these photos, and you're like, and I think for me, that was the moment that you were explaining earlier, where I was like... Mm -hmm. This is real. Like, this is just, oh, my God, this is finally happening, you know? And these sheets are just firing out of this machine. Like, And you're like, and, you know, he whips one out, sets it on the table. And basically, that's set to start for the whole day because then we just repeated this process over and over again. So the the sheet comes out. Uh, Renee has a test print that they've done previously, like a couple of uh, like a, a few weeks previously that they had also sent me just to check, you know, if you're happy to, how the photos look, you know, to, is it what you're imagining and so on. And the first thing that we do is we headed outside into the sunlight, sit in a bit of shade on the on the ground there. And we just compared the test print with this sheet. And, uh, you know, if you're happy with it, then you go back in, you give the thumbs up and literally the guy hits this green button and it starts. 3,000 and you know even then I was like wow like 3,000 like I can't believe like you know the print run is this big, and you're just seeing these sheets come out, and and periodically, you know every right,
1: because di- didn't you think didn't you think like w- w- when you showed me the video and I was just thinking like w- wait a second we're just making one right we're just, we're just making like one book aren't we uh, just for us you know and then you just see these massive as you said like one meter I, I I didn't again I've never been inside of a printer's before so these these huge huge sheets come out and they're just like rifling out like you said really, oh yeah
0: really quickly. it's it's unbelievable. You know? Yeah. And
1: 3,000 is is not an insignificant number, although I'm sure that they have experience probably printing even way more. But but what sort of, you know, so you mentioned they started, as you would expect, in Germany, and even more appropriately for a Japanese-based project, right on time at 8 o'clock. Yes. Um, <laughs> but what would have, uh, what, what were we looking at in terms of, you know, okay... After you have that initial check, you you, you know, you compare it to the test print, um, you go back in, you've got your nice pastries and coffee. But then, sort of, you know, how many hours are we looking at that you stayed there? Well, I mean, it was the whole
0: day. So, I mean, we started at eight, we left, I think, finally at 6 p.m. And basically, throughout the day, I mean, what I mean, the whole thing was just a, a total eye opener for me. And like, I felt like such a child because, you know, it, things that seem obvious, but, you know, they obviously have these, uh, these aluminum plates you know i talk i'd be talking to people how oh, yeah, the other plates the plates and then when you finally see them you're like oh this is amazing so basically you know they have these aluminum plates and they're for the you know they're for the different colors and so um like let's say the the, the first sheet would you know um There's the plate there. And and so what it looks like is kind of like a version of of the foot. So it's the version of the page, but obviously all you can see is that color that's being printed because the four colors get printed separately. Right. So basically one end of the machine, the paper goes in and then it goes through these four. Uh, colors and each plate prints on top of each other and that's how you get that final image and then it's dried then the varnish is sprayed on it in the machine and then it's dried again and it comes out at the end so you know you just think like yeah i mean it's just it's just unbelievable right and that it's, process it's kind
1: of like what you said though what you said before philip but you know we're used to and even though you and i you know, enter this world much later uh, of, you know, digital and, and, and smartphones and whatnot, but still you kind of get used to it. And then what you're describing to me, it's almost, it's stick with me here. This is a bit of a stretch, but it's almost like appropriate again with our sort of like world of the, the analog world of the jazz Kisa, because we're going back to something here where they are printing it, like you said, with the four colors, you know, it's, it's, it's remarkable.
0: I think what struck me was that, you know, that it, obviously the whole process is very automated and it's all run by computers and it's all done through a screen. But I think what's fascinating is that for me, you know, and it was two guys on this occasion, but, you know, there's just, there's a sort of an artistry about it. Like there was a kind of, a, and this is a stretch, but there was a sort of a, a an orchest- an orchestral kind of conducting about the whole process, you know, because they're constantly on the move, and they're checking this and they're checking that and they're doing this and making little tweaks. And obviously the machine is doing all the work, but, you know, even to the point of view of, you know, stepping up uh, on these platforms at certain points and like opening a tin of paint and uh, sorry, opening like what looks like a tin of paint, but obviously it's the ink and like pouring that in and they kind of smooth it back and forward with a spatula. And, you know, there's a couple of occasions and, you know, basically each time, Uh, you print a new sheet, you have to check it. But there's a couple of occasions where either myself or more likely Renee, who was forensic, you know, it was like Inspector Clouseau type situation. He was like really on it, this magnifying glass. But, you know, every so often you would see on the white of the paper, like a tiny, maybe the tiniest like blue or pink scratch, which means obviously basically the paint is, the ink, and I keep calling it paint, the ink was getting through. And, um, you know, they just stop the machine and they go and they can actually take out this aluminium plate and and erase the scratch. So it, it basically means like a tiny scratch has maybe got onto the plate when someone lifted it or knocked it on the side mm. of the machine or something. But they can go and erase that and then they run a few more. And like, you know, lo and behold, this white, this little pink scratch or little blue speck or whatever has gone and so you know to me just that kind of like human element was so important so there was this beautiful analog sense of the printing even though the actual mechanical side of it you know was 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 highly computerized and highly like programmable mm-hmm. and and that was fascinating and you know,
1: well, because I just of- I just looked up Philip. These printers, these Heidelberg printers that you mentioned. I mean, they they date back to they started in 1850 in Heidelberg, yep. uh, Obviously, so so this is you know, like you said, these are people. Uh, you know, it, it is an artisanal craft in some ways. No matter how computer absolutely, or yeah. it's gotten like like what you just described there is remarkable. But these guys probably something that for you know, ninety nine out of a hundred people are not going to notice a little speck. You know what I mean? And they'll just be like, yeah, it's fine. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's I think for me, that was
0: probably the most interesting thing. I mean, Renee was so, so on it. And, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with Klaus start, saying, he was like, you know, I can't understand anyone who wouldn't come and see it, a, a, you know, a book being printed. And so in my head from the start, I was like, you know, what's the date? What's the date? And And once I got that date, I was certain that I was going to be there, you know, come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. Having been there and seen Renee work, I was like, "You know, even if I hadn't been there for whatever reason, you know, I had complete faith in him, and again, it just goes back to that professionalism of care because he Was and there was times he was he just pick up the sheet and he sort of read it like a newspaper. He would turn it over in his hands, and I was I'd be thinking like, what you what can you be looking for? Like you can like we've we've looked at (laughs) it with like a magnifying glass. But what's interesting is you know sometimes there there might be the tiniest pink speck on the white, and you can only see it with a magnifying Mm. glass. But just that that drive for perfection because obviously you don't want that kind of blemish on a book, you know. And what was interesting, particularly with like the jazz joints photos, is quite often. Uh, You know, on a few occasions, he'd come to me and be like, have you got the PDF on your phone? I'd be like, yep. And he'd be like, can you check this photo? Like, is this mark on the photo or is it on the print? And because like, Mm -hmm. with so many, like the one that sticks in my head is the the door, which you'll see in the book, the door of Jamaica in, in Sapporo and it's kind of a a, a close-up crop of the door, uh, but there's this huge sort of dirty smear across the word Jamaica for some reason. I don't know, it's like tape has been removed or something's happened. Mm-hmm. And you you had to check yourself because you're like, is that on the photo or is that on the print? Right. So right. you have to keep going back and be like, yes. nope, it's definitely on the photo. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. so it was kind of a... So, you know, that, that that's how the day progressed, really. And, you know, it takes about... I like 45 minutes to 50 minutes for each of those sheets. So we did seven um, and I loved it because as soon as the sheet was done, it came off on, I don't know what you call it in American, but we call it like a wooden pallet thing, you know, like that you have in, you know, like, I don't know, when you're using shipping, right? So this little yeah, forklift, yeah, yeah. this manual forklift goes mm-hmm. in, it comes off the printer, it gets moved. And the best part of it was just like each time they would put a little German sign on it saying, you know, be careful, uh, it's uh, drying, you know, drying ink. Mm-hmm. And then next I to it... Have,
1: have I nice, think you have a nice picture of that too, a our Yeah, but up
0: next up to it would Instagram. be this little... Uh, yeah. Next would be this little white uh, piece of paper that would just say jazz one. And then it was just jazz two, jazz three, jazz four. So it was just the word jazz was everywhere. It was in the machine. It was on the table. It was on top of the prints. And once they've done seven of those, they just flip them. They turn them upside down and they run the seven through again. So it's like 14 sides in all. And so you're doing that sort of every 45, 50 minutes. So that's, that's how the day progressed. And we got to nip out to the bakery again to get some lunch. But other than that, you basically come down, you do the check. Uh, and what's interesting as well for me, they run about f- like 250, 300 sheets first before they check the color. So there's so much, like it's amazing at the end, the, the, the pile of waste. And obviously then if anything is not right or gets kind of flagged because, you know, there's a... Sc- there's a scrape on it or there's a mark on it. They have to be pulped as well. So there's quite a lot of waste by the end of it. But basically, you know, once you, you're you happy with it, it, it gets run periodically throughout the 3000. You just check it again to make sure it's, you know, the colors haven't adjusted or nothing's got moved or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then we would be able to pop upstairs, sit down, but like it would be like 10, 15 minutes tops. And then Renee would just magically go, okay, let's go and we'd go back downstairs and just repeat that process. So like, it was kind of like a repetitive hypnotic process, but just watching it like come to life and, you know, seeing that book kind of like, and he described it as your book being born. And like, it was very much that sort of feeling, you know, it's like, it's finally sort of coming out into the world. And, um, yeah, I mean, just very exhausting day because the between the noise, the up and down the stairs, and then just standing on the factory floor with like not much happening, you know, once it starts printing is a long day, but it was absolutely... worth it, you know, just a fascinating thing to see just in and of itself, but also the fact that, like, the Tokyo Jazz Joints book is printed and completed at the end of it and with no problems. I mean, I think sometimes there's problems. He was telling me about, like, a Belgian artist a couple of weeks ago who had come to see it being printed and within, like, an hour there was a problem with the machines and they weren't fixed for two to three days, so he just had to go home. So, like, I was also like, please let this not be me, please let this not be me, and, you know, happily... (laughs) that was not the case so you know it's done mm-hmm. it lives and the next step is that it's at the binders so i'm checking in with Kara today but i presume it's it's at the binders it's being bound as a book this cover is being put on and then also the slip case which i mentioned earlier which was also mm-hmm. printed that day so that was the kind of final thing so you know you see this tokyo jazz Twins coming out it's got our name on it it's got uh uh, it's got the owner Ishizakisan from Pithecanthropus, and you're like, oh my God, you know, like it's finally happening, you know? So just amazing uh, it's, day
1: it's just uh, yeah, I mean an amazing amazing day for sure and um, a dream come true that we, we we are so close to the finish line um, we are only recording this a couple days before you will be listening to it out there loyal listeners so sometimes there's a little bit more of a delay but not this time so but we will have uh, more up-to-date news um, as always you got to keep following us at mark Tokyo jazz joints all over the place there's Twitter there is Instagram I'll put it on my own personal feeds as well, Mr. Okie okay Tokyo. Philip, you put it on your personals as well. Yep. Mark Philip Arneal. And um, I think that probably within the next two to three weeks or so, um, if I remember what we discussed offline, we'll have a better idea of um, initial target dates when people can start to expect to get the books. Although, again, breaking news. Philip, you will not believe this. This is not It's not good breaking news. Um, just a couple hours ago when I was having lunch, I happened to be um listening to the news, and somebody had said something like, Oh, you know, Japan Post is having a lot of problems with international' Uh, not sending from Japan, but with parcels and packages coming to Japan. And some people are reporting up to 30 to 40% delays more than usual. So uh, you can imagine my reaction was just like, oh, fantastic. So maybe I'll be the last one to get the copy of a book. But hopefully, look, let's keep our fingers crossed and I'll I'll, I'll look into that. We'll try to explore some other avenues. But um, I know you do have some other info you wanted to share about that process, yes?
0: Yeah, I mean... uh, for anyone who's waiting on a book well first of all the book's available now so if you you know if you haven't got a copy of it and you weren't involved in the kickstarter uh, panic not, because the first edition is available. You can pre-order online. If you go to Tokyo Jazz Journal on Instagram and click on the link tree, you'll find a couple of links there, um, and those will increase as time goes on. At the moment, there's Amazon and Barnes and Noble, um, but there will be more of those. I think also if you go to the Kino website in Japan, uh, you should be able to pre-order it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's a little bit in the air at the moment because essentially. Um, once the books are ready, they'll be shipped to Belfast. Obviously, that takes time. Uh, and then once I get them in Belfast, uh, I've got to turn them all around and ship them out to different countries. I, I can't remember. I think it's about 18 or 19 countries at least that they've got to go to. So that will take some time. So once we know about that, keep an eye on the socials, keep an eye on the Kickstarter updates, and uh, you'll get more accurate information. The likelihood is that it's going to be late July, I would say, before um, you're receiving them. James, we'll see what we can do to try and get you one uh, a little bit earlier, if that's possible. But well, um, I mean,
1: you know what? Hey, what the hell? Maybe I'll just fly on over and pick it up then. I do mean, it. I know you wanted me to come do visit. It. So, you know, let's see if we can get, what is it now to to fly internationally? It's about $7,000, I, uh, I think. Yeah, I
0: think, about. I mean, there, thereabouts, you know. I mean, a man of your means, a man of your means. Um, there's a couple of <laughs> other things in terms of the book as well, um, uh, which I've totally forgotten now, James. So hang on, let me think. Yep, nope. Oh, yes. Um, also, if you happen to be listening uh, in Europe, uh, in Arles, which is uh, one of the big photo festivals every year in the south of France, uh, Carer will be there, of course, but also uh, I'm going to be there on the 6th of July uh, and doing a kind of a, a a book signing type event. So if you're anywhere in that area, please Uh, come to Ireland and say hi. Uh, Carer goes to a lot of the book fairs, so they'll be at Paris Photo, they'll be at the Vienna Book Fair, I think maybe a photo book London as well. So if you're in any of those locations, you know, you can go along and get yourself a copy um, or get yourself a copy for someone else if you've already got your own. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be lots of ways to get that book. Um, there is only three thousand copies um, of the first edition, so once that's gone, it's gone. Um, so if you want to get that slipcase, if you're one of those people who wants that first edition, that first pressing, uh, don't miss out uh, and make sure you do get it um, uh, as soon as you can.
1: Well, Philip, like like I've told you, there is an unending appetite for pictures and stories about. This. Tokyo Jazz Joints Project and, and all of the amazing jazz spots around the country. Um, I've saved up a couple stories for a future episode because I've had some good adventures recently with some of our supporters who have been visiting japan um and there's more to come but we'll save that for another day it's time for us to get out of here um go and get another coffee my friend uh that was well done i'm so thrilled uh to hear the full version uh, of your day in heidelberg i've been waiting for a couple weeks and um i can't wait and we will be back again in the usual two weeks with the next episode about um i believe we've got a couple more of our journey up north is that correct
0: Yeah, um, I think this will be going out, like you said, probably this week. So uh, we've got a quick turnaround and then we'll go back onto that schedule uh, that I mentioned like every two weeks. But we'll maybe slip in uh, that episode 52 where we head up north. And also, if you haven't already, I mean, where have you been? But if... uh, uh, if you haven't had a look go to com. that's harder to say at 7am um but um <laughs> yeah check out all the pictures there um you can pick your favorites hey, hey listen then-
1: listen we're we're at the uh we're at the 50 minute mark here and i have neither a fan nor an air conditioner nor an open window in this room and you so, mightn't have a um, you might have a job either I, if you don't go and, and wrap th- this up so <laughs> i think I, I need to hit that uh, that mugicha or we right. as we say here in japan uh <laughs> down in the fridge shortly and then and yeah, get get back to making some more money so we can uh, continue to visit some more places Amen. Um, the next time you visit, Philip. So have a great morning there, and I will speak with you again soon, my friend.
0: All right, cheers. Talk to you soon, man. Ciao.